Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Tassel. Today, we have a really special guest. We have G. Lopez. He is a director of campus ministry at Cabrini University. We recently connected from Kristen I. Colts and Melanie that uh, recommended for us to talk and learn about your story. So we're really happy to have you. And how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? I'm really good. Um, enjoying my summer. You know, it's been nice and warm outside. Um, but yeah, just it's crazy just to see how quickly my school year went by and like just to be in the, you know, summer 2021 when it feels like yesterday it was quarantine. It's just like insane. <laughs> yeah, you know, we feel the same. It, once May kind of arrived, then it was a quick finals everybody get out and now we're in planning mode but that's going to go really quickly because the semester is right around the corner so exactly it's so crazy um how quickly i wonder if it's because during quarantine like our minds you know time was going so slow we had nothing to do and all of a sudden we're active again and and we're just seems like time is running without further ado i want to i want to get to learn about you g and your story sure. um as a class of 2013 graduate, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, tell me, but you were a transfer. So can you tell us, um, we can get started in that sense. What what drove you to transfer to the sales back in, in 2010? Yeah, so I, believe it or not, I never toured the campus at all. I never stepped foot on the campus. I never... When I was a senior in high school, I never heard of the sales. I went to Salesian High School in New Rochelle in New York. And I don't even remember somebody going out and, you know, representing the sales. Um, I actually went to St. Leo University in Florida. My principal at the time was an alumni from there. And I had ambitions to playing basketball. So I wanted to go to university that I thought I can play with Division II. Um, you know, I just, it wasn't a right fit for me. It was really far from home. Um, I just, I don't know. There's something about Florida that I just, I, I feel like New York and up here in the Northeast, we, we just move fast, right? And and yeah. Florida is a little, it's slower and it's a little hotter, <laughs> you know, yeah, and it's not sure. something. <laughs> and it wasn't something, I don't know. I just, I, I couldn't, um, I don't know. I, I couldn't get into the swing of it. Um, but in reality, my mother got a little sick. You know, my mom, um, she had some struggles health-wise. And, and it was awkward for me. It was tough because I couldn't, I couldn't go and visit my mom. We didn't know the severity of her illness. Um, you know, thankfully, she's all better now. Uh, but, you know, I, I dropped out of school. And I, well, I finished my first semester, my first year. And then I dropped out. And then I went. Um, and I just started applying to schools that are, were around me. You know, I, I came across the sales because I had a mutual friend that went to the sales and, you know, she didn't, she didn't talk poorly about it. You know, she was just telling me about the day to day and she said that the academics were really challenging. So I said, you know what, it's far enough where I can have my independence, but it's close enough if I needed, you know, to come home. Um, it was right there. It was about two hours from, from the house. Where so is home? Uh, so I was born in Brazil, but then I uh, live in Portchester, New York. Um, I would just tell everybody that I'm from the Bronx because the Bronx is right there. And yeah. it's really difficult to be like, well, I'm in a small part of Westchester, you know, just like, yeah. you know, so. Um, so we'll uh, we'll see, you know, we'll um, we'll see. I, that's that's why I did it. You know, that's yeah. why I would tell people where um, I'm from the Bronx anyway. 
So um, I actually brought my my family for the first time to the sales when I was getting ready to you know sign paperwork, um, and that's what I, that was the first time I saw the campus and everything. And I actually my my first dorm was in uh, Brisson. I lived in Brisson for my first year, and uh, I got a tour of the campus. And I said, you know what? If it's gonna work, it's gonna work. And we signed. I um, you know made our deposit, and then couple weeks later it was moving you know it was like transfer orientation and moving so that's what really there wasn't a major in particular there wasn't like you know some fantastic professor it wasn't even I didn't even know that the school was the oblates of St. Francis de Sales the Salesian school I had no idea Mm -hmm. I just picked the school out of just impulse I suppose. Ah I mean that's certainly different and I think it was probably because of your situation that you kind of settled um, and the sales and you're lucky, you know, that the sales was able to provide so much experience for you as I see. And as you had told me on our previous call, but, um, what was your major? What was your specific major? So I transferred in as a criminal justice major. Um, okay. I, my father was a cop back in Brazil. His brothers were cops. Um, and I don't know. I figured that when I was in Florida, that was like the major that I was kind of exploring. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, so I just continued on with it when I was at the sales and, um, you know, I, I started enjoying it. I had some pretty good professors, you know, um, you know, the one that comes to mind was, uh, Jennifer Moore. Um, she, uh, I don't know if she's still there or not, but she was one that I just enjoyed taking uh, courses with her professor Sype, David Sype. Um, he was another one that I really enjoyed taking courses with. He was actually my advisor. And, um, I don't know, I started developing these relationships with, these professors and I was like I, I kind of like this at first really my, my first semester when I transferred I could not have cared about school I couldn't care at all I just went and I just showed up and I think my first semester I ended up with like a 2-1 GPA it was awful um, yeah I had no interest though to be quite honest I don't even know why I I continued on with school because like I had such an attitude of well I don't really care anymore you know um and but I kept pushing through, you know, I really again, like some of the people that I met there, um, I don't know, they just they, they found support, I found support through them. So, you know, yeah. it really kept me going. Yeah, for sure. What what caused you to not want to pursue um, school any, or, you know, what caused that like um, lack of motivation, you think? Yeah, yeah. Well, my mom being sick, that was a huge concern. And then later on in the year, my best friend was killed in a car accident. Um, and he was hit by a, by a drunk driver um, out on uh, I-95. And that was hard, you know, that was hard. Um, coming in and having my mom sick and having my friends sick. I didn't really know anyone at, at the sales. So I didn't necessarily have like that group of friends yet. Um, so I felt like I was really alone. And I just, I didn't have, I don't know. I just didn't have the motivation to do much right. of anything. But I figured I was already there. I was already, uh, you know, at school and I didn't want to feel like a failure. I know that, you know, that word gets tossed around a lot. I didn't want to fail. So I just kept pushing through. What would you say to a current student that is maybe going through the same thing as you were, um, that is not feeling the drive to maybe continue school because they are going through personal problems? Is there something that you would say to them that maybe you wish you had heard in the past? Yeah, yeah, you know, I wish that if I had to give that GE advice, you know, I would say that the sales is the perfect place to feel that, 
because it's also the place that's best situated to help you get out of that. You know, um, the the people that I met, you know, um, when all of this was going on, I went through the counseling, you know, up at the mm -hmm. wellness a lot, you know, um, that was just something that I needed um, to help me get through. I found comfort in my resident advisor. I found um, a good group of friends. I'm, I'm Catholic, so I found a good spirituality group in the beginning um, when I first went. So counseling and really, you know, um, I started just trying new things. So I, you know, went to the gym, I joined an intramurals team. I just put myself out there trying to make friends, you know, and, and I think that if I didn't have those people kind of guiding me, then I don't think that I could have, um, I, I probably would have dropped out of school. So again, going back to it, the sales, I think is the perfect spot for somebody who is in a funk, who is going through some tough times. And just reaching out to some of these people, um, at least for me, when I started reaching out, I just started feeling better. You know, I started finding my my identity at the school. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to know that, I, and I think it's important to talk about it in an episode uh, and be real that the college journey is not easy. It's not perfect. And everyone's dealing with problems outside of the academic world that can really influence the way you pursue and succeed in, in school, right? And so that's why I think it's important to know that there are resources at the sales, such as, like you said, counseling. There is counseling provided um, at the Health and Wellness Center. They have the PACE program, yeah. um, you know, all of these things that really does help the student find um, you know, that positive, the optimism to continue even through hardships. For me, like I went through also like a, a, you know, a time that I was going through a lot of personal stuff and I wasn't able to concentrate. I was, you know, em emotionally like, you know, not able to focus on school. And I, and I specifically, you know, went to counseling at the sales that just to, um, on, you know, share everything that I was going through and be able to process things so that I could leave kind of that conversation with my counselor and be able to uh, leave those problems there and then actually think more of an action, action plan to be able to improve. Anyway, all that to say that it's normal, right? For people to go through these phases or seasons where it's hard um, yeah. and students shouldn't feel like it's the end all be all. Like there is, um, there is uh, resources at the sales that they can go to, and they should, you know, reconsider whether or not it's worth taking a year off or if it's worth continuing. More yeah, sometimes, yeah. just a human thing that we're just going through a lot of emotional distress. But yeah, absolutely, recovering that it's totally normal for people to be having a hard season. Yeah, and I, I love, I love what you said about taking a year off. And I think again, the stigma for me at the time you know, my family saying, taking a year off and then like, what are you going to do during that time? You know, for me to share with my family, Hey, I'm not doing well mentally. I need a break. You know, um, that was kind of frowned upon. And I think, um, there's a, the fear, the FOMO, right. The fear of missing out. If you go ahead and you miss a year and then your classmates, you come back and your classmates are all ahead of you. But to me, I should have taken a year off. You know, I think whatever fear of missing out that I had at the time, unfortunately, you know, dominated all that. But I think if I took a year off, step back, kind of saw everything, come back with a fresh mind, I think I would have been, I would have enjoyed my undergrad a little bit more. But um, I think it's a beautiful recommendation for, for somebody who is struggling, you know, take a year off, find something or, you know, um, you know whether it's counseling or join something, a group of some sort. Um, but 
you know, uh, I didn't get a chance to do that, but I'm glad in the sense that I didn't get a chance to do that because I ended up meeting a lot of great people who helped me during that year of funk, right? So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, no, I, I'm glad that you mentioned those things because um, we haven't really covered the um, the struggles of sometimes, like personal, personal struggles throughout college. Um, uh, and I think it's important to know that it's, it's okay. <laughs> like it's, sure, everyone sure. goes through those things. Um, especially like in that very, uh, like young adults are, as they're, as they're yeah. growing, they're experiencing new yeah. things, which brings more, and we'll talk about it, about the importance of the support groups at universities, such as campus ministry that can help the students guide with some guidance with spirituality or just drive in new hobbies. Like clubs are amazing to be involved in because they kind of take away the stress of school to be able to just, ha just have fun or find, you know, new meanings, new people. So, well, you know, I digress. We, I want to talk to you about, you know, your involvement at the sales. I know we had talked about the impact that was that you had with the death of your friend and that how that motivated you to take action and do something for for awareness at the sale. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. So um, after my, my best friend, his name was uh, Felipe Chagas, after he passed away, um, I had really a, a not good relationship with alcohol, like not myself, like not me drinking, but anybody who would drink or anybody that would be around alcohol, I thought they were the worst, you know, like I, I was definitely not the, you know, the friendliest person my, my sophomore year. Um, and I wanted, I wanted to do something, right? So I was going to counseling um, and Wendy Kresak was uh, the person that I saw for a long time. And I know that she had a group of student workers, of student leaders um, called PACE. And I learned a little bit more about that. And I figured, you know what? It seems like this could be a way for me to channel some of my experience into a way to just teach people of, you know, some of the risks that come with alcohol. And it's a personal story, so it means a lot to me. So I wanted to um, try to be a pacer. And then I also applied to be an RA. Um, and believe it or not, again, I got denied for an RA. My first time around, I got denied. So for all those who, um, if the students are listening to this, if they get denied the first time, listen, keep, keep at it because I didn't get it my first time in, in, um, initially. Um, so I ended up, somebody dropped out or I forget what it was, but, um, I ended up getting later in the, in the year, both the RA and the PACE position. Um, and that was really interesting because everybody had heard about me and my, my stance with alcohol. So they thought that I was going to like ruin the Heights. The Heights used to be like this big party place. Um, and cause we didn't have, uh, the, vill the villas, right? The villa, we didn't have the villas yet. Um, and everybody just heard like how strong I was when, when it came to my views on alcohol and things like that, but no one really knew like what I was experiencing. Like no one knew like the pain that I had about my friend. And so I actually got involved in RA as, as really like not a good time. I didn't, I didn't really represent myself too, too well. Um, and I think I found more, more peace with, with my relationship with others and with my relationship with alcohol through pace. You know, because Wendy's really good about getting people to process and um, and in my head, I thought that I was saving people from a negative experience, you know, but I was always assuming that people are just going to, you know, get massively intoxicated versus like a social drink or something like that. Um, so Pace really helped me kind of really me mend that relationship with alcohol. 
And RA really helped me mend my relationship with people <laughs> because it was really hard to, to have such a strong stance and come back from that, you know, because yeah. people already think like, you're a jerk, you're this and that. I'm sure if you were to interview somebody else from, from the class of 13, what the initial impression would be like, he was a tough RA, you know, he wrote up a lot of people, which is true. My first year, I did write up a lot of people. Um, but I had a really, you know, I was a, I was really hurt, you know, yeah, when I was, yeah. uh, when I was a sophomore, when, when I was a junior, I just, I was going through a lot. And um, looking back, I wish I didn't do a lot of those things, you know, but um, I was really involved with Pesto. I, I um, Wendy helped guide me in, in really processing that, that grief through, uh, through a program called, what did I call the program? Um, the first name I called the program was, it's not an accident, it's a choice. And um, it had to do with drinking and driving and things like that. And we actually contacted around Lehigh Valley tow trucks and um, junkyards. And we put two total vehicles on campus, flipped upside down, one right across the street from, or right in front of um, um, the freshman hall. Oh, I forget, Comney Hall. And the other one was right besides um, Dooling. And I remember it was so funny because, you know, I'm sure it still happens. Like the rumor mill when people start talking, right? I was sitting in the duck and I was having breakfast and there was a group of table of girls next to me. And they were like, can you believe that we saw that car accident this morning? The car was still smoking. And I'm thinking, what? I said, I, we put that car there this morning. It's not even working. There was no car accident. You know, they were making up this whole story. <laughs> um, but it but it caught a lot of people's attention sure it caught a lot of people's attention and um i i thought we really advertised well and i think we ended up getting like three or four hundred students um wow yeah yeah no i i you would have to double check with wendy i don't remember how big it was i do remember that there were a lot of people there um and the whole message was i just shared the story of my friend that you know sometimes these things happen in life and it was really an opportunity for me to share like why I am the way that I am and it's not personal and I'm still mending I'm still you know I'm, I had a good friend of mine Brian Collins at the time who was also a graduate of uh, of the sales he is a nursing major was a nursing major is a nurse now um, and from there I was able to take those programmings and put it into you know my RA you know being a resident advisor at the heights um, and just working on my relationship with people and you know, the dangers of alcohol and things like that. It really, it really helped me to calm down a little bit and not being as strict. Um, otherwise I was involved in like, um, um, I, I, again, believe it or not, I was not involved in campus ministry at all. Yeah. Interesting. I did not, I was not involved in campus ministry. My sophomore year, I went to mass every day. Um, and then junior and senior year, I would go to mass on Sundays, but in terms of campus ministry, I was not involved at all. Yeah. You know, I, never, I never went to a retreat on campus. I never did anything like that. Um, and then I was involved in sports, uh, like so intramural, like soccer and, and basketball. So, okay. Well, yeah. after just speaking about the just the wide experiences that you had um, with the sales and all the opportunities you got to do, you know, can you share with us what are some things you learned about yourself through those experiences? We talked about the value. Um, that experiences bring in us, whether it's developing skills, getting to know ourselves, discovering something new that we didn't think we liked or disliked. Sure. Is there anything that you can share through just solely this sales involvement that you learned about yourself? 
Yeah, you know, um, well, Wendy really helped me understand how strong I actually am. You know, I thought at the time when, you know, my mom and my friend, you know, all these things were happening, I thought it was the end of the world for me. The, uh, the Health and Wellness Center um, really helped me figure out who I wanted to be as a man. You know, I think there were times where I entertained different things like, do I want to be the kid who wants a party? It felt like I kept trying to figure out an identity and I never really got I never found peace with it on my own. And, and she helped me kind of, you know, point me towards different areas where, you know, maybe explore this, you know, Sister Marie became my, my, um, my spiritual director for a little bit, you know, and, and, you know, from that connection started helping me, you know, develop my own spiritual life. Um, and then my leadership, you know, with RAs, I, I had a wonderful supervisor named Gene Malloy, and he really like worked with me, um, to to really hone in my leadership skills like gee like right now you're like up here you're like following the rules like by the t and you're not going to have a lot of friends at the end of this and i'm like okay but help me understand how to make it applicable then because i don't understand you know um and then he would help kind of bring it down to practical you know this is how you mend relationships this is how you do that and then gene left after uh, my junior year and then i had another boss my senior year named clarence scott and even till this day, Clarence and I are really good friends. And he was the one who taught me how to really use my position of leadership as a way to develop relationships, you know, mm -hmm. not as a way of, of authority, but as a way of uh, accompaniment, of walking with people, of, of helping people make decisions, of relational. Um, and that was a new concept for me, you know, yeah. and I think between, between Clarence, between Wendy, um, I, there, there was another, uh, John Osborne, who was my direct supervisor when I was a height RA. Um, I mean, they all saw my leadership skills and they knew that I had potential, but that I was having a really tough time with everything going on in my life. And they really, they were so patient with me, which is what I appreciate. Um, and that's some of the, what I, what I took from them, um, you know, the patience that they had for me was kind of rare and I really appreciate it. Yeah. And I've taken that into a lot of what I do today, you know, through my job now, my job before, and even other areas of the university when I was still there. Yeah, it sounds like you really had mentors that made a big impact on you in that the relationship with the mentors uh, that you had at the sales really, you know, made an impact in your personal development coming out of college. And I think, um, like for me, uh, the career development pro staff are a big influencer in my in my uh, personal journey with the sales like it's I think it's a great asset that the sales provides that they have really good faculty and staff that really care for their students that they're willing to be patient with them to really teach them something new hear them out in their struggles and and find their potential and helping them find their potential because that carries through beyond college, you know, that carries through everything. You find yourself looking back with, um, at those experiences and how they have influenced with your work now with your work ethic. So I'm glad you're able to have that. And I think that anyone that's listening that is still at the sales can really take advantage of that. And also if there's anyone that's listening because they want to go to the sales, that that's something that's provided. There's, because it's a smaller school, because it's a Catholic school, um, it's it's possible to find a good mentor to uh, yeah. to spend your, your, your years with, your college years with. Well- I would, I would say for, for those who are 
interacting with people with leadership you know with directors or you know anybody who works at the sales for the students who are still attending i wouldn't go into anybody's office just expecting you know like oh i'm gonna ask this person to you know do whatever their department says and and that's my relationship i would really encourage them to to, to walk in with a mindset of well how can we develop a relationship because like you shared you know, i think that does carry you know um you know, I, I wish I was closer to Kristen when I was in college, you know, um, you know, seeing I, I just kind of follow her on um, on LinkedIn now and all the great stuff that you guys do as a department. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, she helped me get this internship. I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll talk about in a second. But yeah, uh, I wish that I went in more of understanding, like the people that I was going to meet at the sales could be more of that mentor role versus, OK, you are the director of so and so department. I need you for this. That's it. You know, I wish that I had more. I went in with a little bit of an open heart and saying, okay, I'm excited to develop a relationship versus this professional yeah. etiquette kind of thing. Yeah, not at all. I, I think so too. There is really no uh, authoritative kind of culture at the sales because really they, I, I see that they're, they approach things with humility. Many, especially those leaders that are involved with student life, mm. they really are <laughs> like, you know, like a friend, they really become a friend and a mentor at the same time. Um, well, yeah, so, so let's talk about that because um, tell us a little bit about your current role and how you in a, in a way are now that role in your university as a, as a campus ministry director, as a leader. And so tell us, describe your role a little bit for us and tell us how that is important to your university. You know, um, you can just tell us a little bit about how you got this role currently. Yeah, so um, I graduated the sales with a master's in criminal justice. I did the four plus one year uh, program that you guys have there. Um, and I did an internship as a juvenile probation officer in Allentown. I just didn't like arresting kids. I thought the system was really harsh, you know, um, I don't know, it was hard to stomach it. Um, so I, again, I'm Catholic and I had a few friends with the Salesians, uh, the Salesian of uh, St. John Bosco and um, a priest friend of mine reached out to me and saying, hey, we have a job in youth and young adult ministry, we're not interested. And I ended up taking the job right after I left the sales and he sent me back to school. So I went back to Loyola in New Orleans so I can get my master's in pastoral studies or theology. And I just really enjoyed helping people. I enjoyed doing retreats. I enjoyed doing service. I enjoyed doing mission work. Um, we, we had a really large international presence. So I would travel a lot. I would travel to Europe. I would travel to, I mean, it's Canada, but you know, internationally to Canada. And then, you know, that's the Central and South America. We just did a lot of good work, especially with young adults from across the country. And I, the problem that I had with the job was that it was all very, you know, all over the place. So the students were never, we, we were like the headquarters. So I, I never had students like always around me. It was always for events, you know? So like if we're doing a service trip, we have the, um, the young adults. If we had a, a program, a retreat, they were there. But at the end of it, they were all gone, you know? And I really missed that when I was working at the sales, you know, you finish an event, but there are still students all over the place, you know, except when it's summer and, you know, breaks. And I really missed that community. So um, I was really interested in getting back into uh, higher ed. And I saw this position on higher ed jobs. And I said, you know what? I, I understand it's in the middle of a pandemic. So I just got this job. I, I started in October of 2020. Mm -hmm. And I put in the application. And slowly but surely, I had an interview. I had two interviews. I had three interviews. <laughs> 
And then, you know, the final, the final phone call of you got the job. And I'm like, Oh, great. And so now what do I do? You know? Um, so yeah. it was, it was really exciting to get here. Um, and we have done some great things here. So uh, Cabrini University is a Catholic university um, from uh, the, the, the Saint Mother Cabrini, Saint Francis uh, Xavier Cabrini. And um, they also have a religious order, the, the Missionary Sisters of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And um, we are not part of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. We're right outside of Philadelphia about, if you guys know where the King of Prussia Mall is, um, that we're right outside there. And campus ministry is responsible for the faith development of the university. Uh, so we're big on retreats, we're big on service trip, we're big on mission trip. One big thing that we were able to do this year, we partnered with Sodexo, I'm, you know, like you guys have Sodexo, and all of the leftover food at the end of the day, we would pack up and donate to a shelter. Um, we have we weren't able to do like service trips and retreats this year because of COVID, but we were able to do that small thing because we we're just leaving it at the shelters versus serving it to them. Um, and to be honest with you, this is not where I thought I was going to go. And again, I'm sure if you ask my classmates, that's not where they probably thought I was going to go either. Um, I found this job by, by really the grace of God and just being quite lucky. Um, and I'm, I feel very blessed to have this opportunity. You know, um, I actually connected with the, uh, with, uh, the sales old campus minister, uh, Maggie Riggins. And I just, yeah. asked her, I just asked her for some advice. I was like, Hey Maggie, I know I never visited your office, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. how to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what are, what are some, have you gotten any student interaction yet or, and what are yeah. some things that, um, your that you guys are implementing this academic year coming up? Yeah, so um, we opened up, so there were a little over 700 students on campus. So we did have some interaction. So, but it was really, it was really difficult to meet students because you have the mask and you're like, hi, how are you? And you don't really see, you know, each other. Yeah. So the past academic sem uh, semester, we really weren't able to do much. Um, but for this upcoming semester, we are super excited. We're gonna do retreats, we're gonna do service. Um, we're going to go into Center City, Philadelphia and work with the homeless population there. Um, we have daily service. We have weekly service. We have, um, uh, we're trying to do like daily retreats and, and, and reflections. We have a group of peer ministers, student leaders who work for the office, who sure. are out there leading faith study, Bible studies, things like that. Um, and also we're really big on interfaith because we understand that it's not just uh, or students who practice Catholicism out here. Um, so we really are big in the interfaith piece and just making sure that all students feel welcome. So, um, we're just excited to bring some form of normalcy. We're going, our, one of our trips next year is to go to the Appalachian mountains. Um, and then the other one, yeah. And then the other one, we're going to stay here in Philadelphia and we're going to go into center city and do work with an organization. Um, and in between all of that, I'm sure we're going to do a number of different things, but yeah, we're really excited. We're just kind of waiting to see what we're allowed to do coming up. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's one thing, you know, brings us back to the struggle of being a student, right? Sometimes, and especially in a pandemic and how that restriction to interact with others can be um, difficult for students because this is, college is the time where they are meeting people, trying new things. And I'm glad that you guys are looking forward to do, you know, more of that, those things. I'm sure it was you know, hard for you guys to do it this year. And it was hard for the students not to be as involved as they could have been, but 
these, yeah, definitely these projects sound super awesome. And I'm glad that you're going to be able to contribute to those things and knowing how much it can impact a student and the student life. Um, would you, I mean, you're, you're a little bit less than a year into the, the role, but is there any um, advice or any like information that you would give to somebody that would like to pursue a career in campus ministry? Yeah, sure. So anybody who is looking to participate in any form of ministry, whether that's youth ministry with their church, um, with a school, high school, grade school, you know, university, um, I think people underestimate the value of just volunteering. You know, I, I think when it comes to youth groups, when it comes to small groups, sometimes it, it's really worthwhile just seeing how other people do it. You know, I think when, when I talk about my mentors, I just kind of stepped back and saw how they did it. And I thought how I would do it, you know, and then I would talk a lot with them. Like, did you ever suggest or consider this? Do you ever consider that? And then just kind of working out my own style, um, yeah. volunteering and just putting yourself out there, understanding that that's how you're going to gain experience. Cause I think it's difficult. You know, I find that these companies want all this experience, but then I was just four years in school. What other experience do I have? You know, like, you know, what's the balance there? Um, internships, I think internships are really a gift because you yeah. get so much and the organization gets so much Yeah. Uh, between those two things. And, and I wouldn't limit your experience to just one area. You know, I would try different things. You know, yeah. I don't consider myself a failure because I didn't, criminal justice didn't work out for me. I'm not a cop. I got it. But I find that I still use those skills, those interpersonal skills in ministry in, in different ways, you know. But I would really, I would really challenge people, you know, just get yourself out there, get yourself in front of the, you know, in, in your foot in the door, volunteer, ask around, talk yeah. to people. One, one of the best advices, and I think actually Kristen gave me this, is do something like you're doing right now, you know, reach out to people and say, hey, I want to grab a cup of coffee and I want to learn about you, you know, what do you do for your job and things like that. Yeah. Um, and people love talking about themselves. So just, sure. just really like learning and going, okay, I can see doing that. Well, wait, listen, if anything comes up for me to help you with, let me know. I'd be, you know, honored. Yeah. You know, uh, that, that's the best way that I found that I ended up here. You know, it was just a lot of networking. I hate, I hate using that word. You know, I, I, I would say like network, I'm not a computer. And I was like, Ugh, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, but, um, but it's really relationship building, you know, um, exactly. and that, that's the best advice. Exactly. I, I'm glad you brought up that point. Um, well, first of all, thank you for sharing all this helpful advice. I mean, sure. um, you know, part of this title of this um, episode is just seeking, ex you know, seeking experiences and building value as an employee through, you know, student involvement. And even beyond that, just uh, using all of experiences to help you land that next thing for yourself. And even if it is, it's not a, um, a they, they say it's not a failure, it's a redirection. It's not a re rejection, it's a redirection, right? Um, if you're pursuing something that's outside of your major, if it's, you know, if you didn't quite get there, like perhaps like that's like, you're doing something better than you maybe you would have been. And it's always like, you can always go back to doing whatever else you needed to right so it's about seeking enjoyment and enrichment in the experience that you're in right now like i personally never thought i was gonna get um an internship with health and wellness right because i'm like that's not really i want to be in entertainment but now that i'm working with caitlin i see so many transferable skills and transferable like um you know strategies that i can use in the future with entertainment so Definitely any any experience can en enhance the student 
or anybody or even just anyone in their career. Well, gee, I wanted to, to like give you the opportunity to share just one encouraging thing for anyone that is, you know, pursuing their career after the sales, any, anything that you would, that you actually wish you knew after you graduated, right after you graduated, what is like one piece of advice or one word of affirmation that you would tell yourself that maybe our students could use um, in, in terms of encouraging them? Yeah, I, you know, the word that comes to mind is patience. You know, I think um, depending on what field um, that you're studying, I know that when I was there, the PA program, you know, I had a few friends who were in the PA program and they were so excited that they were going to be making all this money after all of these years of school. And some of them didn't find a job right away. It took a little bit of time. And some of my friends didn't find a job right away. Some we graduated without a job or without any idea what was going to happen. Sure. And I think that's okay. I think that's perfectly fine. I would rather wait and be patient for a better opportunity than to kind of force myself into a situation where I'm going to come home, you know, not working to my best abilities, unhealthy, you know, tired, stressed, patience, patience. And I, I know you asked for one, but the second would be, you know, all experience matters. I think everything that you guys do, whether it's a little bit of this and that, you know, it all comes together and it's how you, I hate the phrase, how you sell yourself. But it's really a, how you adapt to whatever situation, you know, you're not going to find a perfect or these these resumes, you know, these people aren't going to find the perfect candidate for every everyone, you know, you're going to it's going to take some time for you to learn their system, learn their their company, learn the mantra, learn, learn it all. Give yourself some patience that you can do that job. Your experience does matter. Just go for it. You know, I wish that I went for it a lot more when I was when I was younger than um, than I did now. Maybe I'd be in. I don't know, maybe it'd be somewhere else, but I'm grateful for the experiences that I had. I'm grateful for the mentors that I had and hold on to your mentors because they're the ones where when you're feeling rough, when you're feeling like you can't do it, you can come back and say, Hey, I just need a pep. Like what, what is your perspective? And, you know, I have that with Clarence. I have that with some of my friends. Um, so yeah, um, it's, it's not easy sometimes because the, obviously the world is a little cuckoo right now, but you know, perseverance and prayer and just patience. Yeah, I like that that three piece <laughs> perseverance, <laughs> patience, and yeah. and uh, prayer. There it is. That's that's maybe something that we can our our core values for this episode is is to do those things moving forward. Um, and yeah, I agreed with you. Your network or your relation, your connections, right? It's about maintaining them, nurturing them, watering the plants for each of your connections. Um, and and putting your best face forward for the world even in these times of adversity because i i believe and i always say that, i feel like i say this on this every episode but everyone has a little corner of their of the sky everyone belongs in like one specific thing and, and you know you can guide yourself to get there um, eventually yeah. with everything, with everything that you experience. So thank you so much for this, uh, for sharing your story, for showing us the value and everything that you've learned through grief, through difficult moments, through redirections, transferring. Um, you know, you really shown us that, you know, it's, it's worth being patient, it's worth persevering, even if it gets difficult. I think a lot of students that are going through loss or um, yeah, especially even a lot of difficulties during the pandemic can relate to this 
to what you went through at, at that age too. Um, but yeah, knowing that the days will get better and even just difficult moments will help you learn and more about yourself. So sure, thank sure. you so much. I appreciate your time with us. We will, um, are you a DSU mentor with us? I am. I am. Okay, we we will redirect. You know, we will direct any student that would like to connect with sure. G Lopez. He is a DSU mentor, so if you would like to get in contact with him, he is on LinkedIn. But you can also access um, the the DSU mentor list to find him and connect with him if you want to learn more about him and sure. follow his journey. So awesome! Thank you so much, and we will see all of you on the next episode of Beyond the Tassel. Have a great summer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you once again for tuning in to today's episode of Beyond the Tassel. It is our pride to present the success stories of our DeSales alumni via a podcast. If you are a DeSales alumni and would like to become a DSU mentor, you can contact melanie.valone at desales.edu. And if you are currently a DeSales student and would like to connect with an alumni in your field, you can contact kathy.kraus at desales.edu. Until next time, Bulldogs.